Hello and welcome to According to John. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? We're from New York, so there. <laughs> I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, and today we're going to talk about is the Bible being revised for modern day? Make everything taste good. Make everything feel good. Make me happy. Yeah. Tickle my ears. How about this? It's archaic. Well, that was written a long time ago, John. Doesn't apply to us today. Yeah. yeah. Look how we're living today. Yeah. We're in a battle, aren't we? We are in a massive battle. And what we're going to do today is we're going to, we're going to discuss, is, is the Bible being revised? Is it compromised? Who's doing the compromising? That's the bigger question that w- that I want to talk about because as we go through this, we're going to find out what the Word of God says about changing the Word of God. And it, what I think, and again, I, I'm probably going to make some people mad on this one. There's no question. You've never done that before, John. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, <I> start today? <laughs> well, I'm going to call out some heretics. Yeah. Well, John the Baptist did. Listen, you see yeah, a wolf. cut off, but he did. The right, he was the greatest man ever born a woman, according to Jesus. So we'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Amen. Born of a woman. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. You know, there's revisionist history going on in our country, and uh, that which is, is horrible. Yeah. Uh, but even worse is a revision of Scripture. It's not just the revision of Scripture itself, but the meaning of Scripture. Uh, there, there's something to be said for historicity. Because God began a good work, and he'll conclude it. Right. But we are told that there will be a falling away, and we're, we're living in the midst of that. The apostasia, it's here. This is a hot topic and very pertinent, and I'm glad to come alongside you and throw in my two cents. Yeah, we will, we're going to expose a lot of things, but you guys got to hear what's being said. And uh, if I mention a name of someone that you happen to like, don't jump against me until you investigate what's being said yeah just listen to them in their own words very important got to get the emotional thing out of these yeah. these issues because one day we're going to stand before god and this book's going to be opened personalities will mean nothing at that time right yeah. right exactly hey let's pray and we're going to get to it dear heavenly father lord we thank you and love you father thank you for this day this time together father i just ask that you would bless uh, uh what, what we say Father, you give us clarity of thought, clarity of speech, and Father, you give us clarity of hearing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, is the Bible being revised for modern day? Well, it is because there's so many times we're saying, hey, we got to change, we got to change, we got to change. We got to make it, we have to adjust it to our lifestyle, and uh, you just missed the entire point. Yeah, I didn't need to try to drag the Bible along with my lifestyle. I I needed the Bible to drag me into a decent lifestyle. Yeah, it had to change us because the truth is we're wicked, man. Yeah, desperately wicked. and Who, who can know it? Who can know yeah. it? Yeah. So uh, first off, I'm going to establish this. God's word is complete. We find that in 2 Timothy 3.17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. So that right there says God wrote it. He just moved men to pen the words. Uh, most people say, well, man wrote the Bible. We can't believe it. No. Yes, man wrote the Bible, but they wrote what God moved them to write. They wrote God's words, not their words. So then he goes on. He says, uh, so it's uh, given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. See that reproof. That's what we're going to be doing today. We're called to do. It's not popular. never has been. Bible talks about reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for right. the time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine. Yeah. And we're living in that we're day. We're in that day. So we're going to tackle it. And it says, oh, and what I love about this is he goes on, right? It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, co- correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped lacking nothing for will be thoroughly equipped for every good work, which means God will put into us everything we need that will complete us and thoroughly equip us to do a great work. Why do we want to change that? You know, this takes us back to the simple words of Jesus when he told us what he was calling us to do. He said, I want to make you salt. 
I want to make you light. And the darkness hates the light because their deeds would be reproved. Uh, you know, salt has a preservation factor. It stings. And so part of our commitment to Christ will, and our popularity with him will require us to confront people with the word of God. You know, it's so funny because um, I confront people and everyone thinks that I love confrontation. And and I go, you don't understand. I, I hate confrontation. Then I say this, but you do it so well. <laughs> <laughs> the problem, the, the, here's the thing. I'm called to, as well as you are, and every Christian out there, we are called to confront people that call themselves Christian and then don't live it. We're called to do that. Yeah. And it Jesus doesn't make it easy. To expect that, not everyone who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but he that doeth the will of my Father. And the Bible talks about, you know, if we see a brother sinning a sin that's not unto death, we need to either spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. And Jude talks about that. Jude talks about the blessing that when you restore a brother, now you got two walking side by side, you know, nobody's walking alone yeah, yeah. Uh, because we're, we're soldiers in the army of God and you don't want to fight a battle on your own. Every one of the epistles was written in this spirit to correct, to confront, to correct, and, and also yeah. to encourage those that were in this battle who were willing to be engaged. Right. And so this is just kind of the the Christ in us presenting himself to an erring world. He doesn't just let them be comfortable in the error. He comes alongside them right. and commits himself to them and enlightens them to uh, fix it. And how does he do that? The word of God. Yep. So if we change the word of God, we'll change what God expects of us. And I'm going to tell you God's word does not change. We find this in Psalm 119.89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's settled. That means bedrock. it's fixed, it's bedrock, it is done. Then we have Isaiah 40 verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands, stands forever. forever. It's fixed. It's settled. And God's, listen, God's not going to change it. Man might, might want to change it, but I will tell you this. God will not change his word. It is done. Then we get a warning in Proverbs 35 and 6. The warning tells us not to change the word of God. And we find that here in starting in 5. Every word of God is pure. <laughs> Why change it? It's pure. There's nothing wrong with it. It's perfect. It's pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. And then verse six says this, do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Continue. <laughs> Why are we adding to God's word today? And the reason that we're adding to God's word today is because we don't like what it says, or we think, well, that's going to offend someone. And these 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 limp-wristed pastors who choose a different lifestyle, who um, uh, won't take a stand because they're afraid they'll run money off, or they're afraid they'll they'll lose attendance. And if a seat is empty, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, and so what happens is they don't trust in, in God. And then they start defiling his word, which is pure. We find here. And God says, listen, do not do that because you will be found a liar. Yeah. I read a book about 20 years ago. I didn't like it, but boy, did I need it. it the title was called the waning influence of the word of God in the last days church. And uh, you know, we all have to find those little balances, you know. Right. Uh, but the Word of God is not something that you balance out. It, it's that centerpiece. You know, it's the, it's where everything else yeah. goes. It's it's, it's the bedrock. It's it, where upon we stand. And it's the crux of everything. Uh, that's the word I was looking for. Crux. Yeah, yeah. It's the crux of everything. And what did you learn from that book? Just out of curiosity. Well. It was written 20 years ago, 
and it was a forecast of what we would expect, but it wasn't a man's prophecy. It was just proclaiming what the scriptures say, that in the latter days, some should depart from the faith, giving right. heed to seducing spirits. Uh, Paul wrote Second Second Thessalonians chapter 2, there shall be a falling away right. first, just before the time of the Antichrist. Uh, people who once stood upon the word of God will be kind of turning away from it. And I think they always do it pretty much for the same reason, um, uh, for personal gain, to gain popularity. To that, gain. I think that's what we're finding today. <clears throat> popularity, um, how many streams are we getting? How many responses are we getting? How many followers are we getting? How many this, how many that? And it's interesting because they're literally sacrificing not only the word of God, but they're sacrificing souls for a like. You know, power doesn't come to us uh, for our own glory. The power that we get isn't from man just to tell men what they want to hear so that they'll come back and hear us tell them more things that they want to hear. The real power is when we get the message from God's word, add nothing to it, take nothing away from it, and present it with compassion but authority. Right. And without apology to a world that doesn't really want to hear it, and God will give his power to those who are willing to confront. Not every crowd qualifies as a congregation. Right. So that book uh, kind of pointed out what to expect. And now 20 years later, here we are. I, I see I see people that I've been close to, friends that God truly has used, and yet they, they'll take a certain point uh, of, of conflict, and they'll start dancing around it. Right. Well, we know the Bible says this, but in the in the culture, uh, and in the original Greek or Hebrew, it this word means that, and, does, and then they come up saying things that are just opposite of the Bible, and saying that this is the message of God, and in reality, it's the opposite it's the of opposite. the message of God. Well, and that if we go back in time, uh, first off, revisionist history is a major tool of of Satan. If we look in Genesis three one. That's really where it starts. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it starts, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, and this is where it started. Where it all started. Right here. Uh, it says, Has God indeed said? Questioning the word of God. Yeah. Did God really say? Oh, come, on. come on. You know. Uh, and and he, 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 he does what, <clears throat> excuse me, he does what people do today and pastors do today. Um, they take the word of God and they just leave truth in it, but put a little twist on it. So it just sends someone in another direction. And that's what Satan did here. Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. And then he goes on and he talks about how, well, you know, God knows that if you eat of that tree, you'll be like him. And, and they're like, and, and well, first, the first lie was by the woman. God never said not to touch it. God said, don't eat it. She was already off just a little bit. She was already off. And, uh, but, but it was so interesting. Satan, uh, has God indeed said, and that's what people today, um, the Bible didn't really say that or the Bible. Well, that's not what the Bible meant. And next thing you know, bam, we're off on, on a tangent. And then this started happening, uh, uh, and it was progressively going. And then we come to the Reformation period. Mm -hmm. And the Reformation period, which uh, was the 16th century, and it was a movement to turn the churches back to the Word of God. And we, our biggest uh, uh, leaders of this was Martin Luther, uh, John Knox, John Wycliffe, uh, John Calvin, uh, Charles Swing, is it John Swingley? Uh, Swingley. Yeah, there's there's yeah, there's the, about the great ten reformers. of them. Yeah, the great reformers: Wycliffe, Huss, the kind of the forerunners of the mm -hmm. Reformation. Johnny, I want to take you back to that that verse four. It said, "You will." Satan said to the woman, "You won't surely die." He he questioned the word of God, 
and he kind of got her into a dialogue now questioning the word, and then he just basically called God, God a liar. Right. And so Satan will always start out with a question, and then he'll come up with his his uh, position, which is opposite of God. And And then Paul reminds us of that time and warns us not to fall into that trap that, that Satan comes in or that Satan brings in. Second Corinthians 11.3, he says this, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what goes around comes around. Satan has the same plan, the same patterns, and uses the same tactics from it, generation to generation. Yeah, but you know why he keeps using the same tactics? Yeah, because they work. They work. <laughs> That's right. He's perfected them. He has perfected them. And, and what I find interesting is we live in a day of change. We'll change things just to change things so that we can keep them changing. To keep people off uh, on their heels, if you yeah. will. My generation was taught if it ain't broke, don't fix don't it. Don't fix it. But that's all changed. This generation says, oh, that's old. Get rid of it. Oh, that's old. Get rid of it. Oh, that's old. Get rid of it. And so we're constantly, and, and all we're doing is taking the same thing and just repackaging it. It's, it's, nothing really changes. Mm-hmm. But they're doing that. They've, they've trained the brain of these new generations to go, oh, that's old. Get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that when it comes to family heirlooms and keepsakes and antiques, this generation doesn't want anything to do with them. Do you know why? It's old. Get rid of it. Forget it's that it's incredibly valuable. Change a complete change of thinking. And it, the training, we we look at it and we'll go, uh, Dahan. If you've been listening to my Dahan podcast, yeah, yeah. that dude is amazing. I found him in the 1970s. Man, I've been enjoyed his ministry. Uh, amazing. He is amazing. Back to the Bible broadcasts back in this one of the early radio broadcasts that uh, lit up the nation. And he points out, he points out how everything is getting infected. And he goes back to the beginning and literally we're seeing it even in this to get rid of the Bible. You have to convince people that old things are no good. So we've taken a generation that we have today and we've convinced them old things are no good. Whereas my wife and I will take something. We're like, oh man, that's a, that's a treasure. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents owned it or someone else owned it and it's valuable. Uh, yeah, it's got age. Yes, it's not, but it's valuable. And nah, not today. Kids today are going, what do I want that for? There's no value in things of old. And that includes the word of God. We see that in this question you commonly hear brought up today, like even among people who, who do know the Lord and who are trying, but they've just been so permeated, they'll say or something so ignorant, like, well, that's in the Old Testament. Like, it doesn't count. <laughs> it's the Word of God, and God wrote it in the Old Testament so that we in the New Testament could learn from it. You but, can't get rid of the Old Testament, yet people continuously try. You know, the Old Testament is like the, the rose bush. And, and Christ in the New Testament is kind of like the roses on the rose bush. You can't separate it. It's just one message. Dude, that's a great analogy. I love it. You can't. You're See, when I'm out there in the field, in the <laughs> gardens, you know, I'm getting high on what God created. I don't need drugs anymore, man. You sniffing oregano. <laughs> sniffing the roses, man. But that's a, that's a great point, man, is the Old Testament is the bush and the New Testament's the rose. And you can't separate the two because then you don't have the whole. Yeah. But just I that, love that. that thought, you hear it all the time. Well, that's a New love Testament. That. You see, it's that spirit of this age with no respect for the, for the right. last age. Uh, the Bible says in the last days, socially, men will have no respect of dignities. Right. They'll just like, well, that's old. It's no good. Wait a minute. There is a lot of, excuse me, crap in, in the past, but we can learn from that too. There's a lot of value even there's in a lot there, of value. There's a lot of value even in the crap. You know, I was just listening to the Nicene so, Creed the other night at Council of Nicaea, which is like what, 325 AD. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they cut down and they, they categorized some of the Christian doctrines in the, the, and just the, the wordage uh, in the creed. Uh, of who is Jesus, who who is the Holy Spirit, 
what are their ministries and and it's rich and it's powerful yes. and it was people that were literally paying a price for their faith today people are getting wealthy off of the gospel building mansions private airplanes it makes god sick makes me angry so well, i'm not going to go I, there i wouldn't even mind them building mansions and getting wealthy off the gospel if they actually preached the gospel that's my struggle my struggle is not about the money and that's where people get hung up. Uh, a lot of people get hung up on it. But my struggle is, I, I look at Billy Graham. Now, as he got older, he 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 wavered a little from doctrine. And uh, so that was a little disappointing. But one thing that he did is he was married for, what, 60 years? Mm -hmm. You know, he lived in the same house the whole time. A modest house in the suburbs, yeah. Yeah, it was just a, a, a small brick house, old brick house, and he didn't go out and build mansions, and he just lived in the same one. But then you have these. <coughs> then well, there's you have, one of the reasons why he said he stayed clean. His wife did not believe in divorce, but she did consider a homicide. <laughs> yes. so, he said that was one of his motivators. <laughs> that was funny. Um, but, but I think the, the problem, people are getting rich off the gospel but they're not even preaching the gospel. They're giving a fake gospel. It's just, it's so frustrating to me. And that, that's why, that's actually what brought uh, Knox and Wycliffe and, and um, uh, Martin Calvin. Luther and Calvin and all of them. That's what brought them to the forefront to go, hey, wait a minute, because that's what was happening with the uh, papacy, papacy, papacy. <laughs> Catholicism, the papacy, universalism. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was the Catholic Church started getting involved in the politics, and then they started uh, being uh, uh, getting influenced. I'd say they got a little bit beyond politics. They were controlling politics. <laughs> they were, contr and as they did, the world plunged into what we look back on and call it the dark ages. Because it was absolutely, we became spiritually bankrupt. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. They had uh, the word of God, and then they had the councils, and little by little by little, the councils were veering away from the word of God, and uh, and really it was pagan influence in the culture. Oh, absolutely! You know that was leading to things that uh, that were in the church that were not in Scripture, and they had that in their face, and a lot of these. Catholic men, clergymen, they had good hearts. Mm -hmm. They they cared about God, God's word, and God's people. And they saw the corruption coming more and more into the system, and then which would just contrast from the word of God to, right. to something else. And they're like, wait a minute. And they, they started out very gently, like, hey, well, you know, the Bible says this and tradition says that, but uh, let's go with the Bible. And they got more and more into the Bible. And I love uh, Luther's story. Uh, oh, yeah. He was committed monk. You right. know, he was in that inner circle that he could have become a pope someday. And uh, he was working hard on that. And they were into that um, spirit of asceticism. Like they know their flesh is corrupt. Right. And uh, there's yeah, the things I don't want to do, I do, Paul said. And they, they were struggling with that. And their idea of how to, uh, to fix that flesh would be to isolate from the world, taking vows of silence, sitting on a flagpole for 40 years <laughs> and eating bread and water. Just, I mean, really uh, asceticism, uh, self-flagellation, things to like try to kill the flesh. Well, it has nothing to do with self-flagellation. It has to do with the cross where I'm right. crucified with Christ. And they were wrestling with that. Well, he read the scripture, salvation is by faith. And not by the works of the no. law. And he was struggling with that. And then he has that aha moment. You know, if you seek, Jesus said, yeah. you will find. And I've actually visited And then the 95 thesis came out of that. I, I, I got to visit the office, sit at the desk, uh, pretend that I had a quill, put it in the inkwell that he later uh. threw against the wall, throwing it at Satan, where he wrote the thesis. I've been there. I've, it was, it was an, a wonderful experience. But they were in a battle. Yeah. And they came out in victory. But you know what? That battle's not over. We're in that same battle. And well, he had to rise up against the crowd mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to stand before the crowd now, but ultimately I'm going to stand before God then. Yep. So he let, let the fear of God guide him and not the fear of man. Well, and today, and I don't say this lightly, but today the Pope is absolutely corrupt.
He is supporting things that the Catholic Church has never stood for. He said um, just about two weeks ago in reference to whole, you know, the issues on homosexuality, issues of celibacy, issues of women's roles in the church. He said, we need to revisit everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's on the table. And I, I don't agree with them on celibacy, the priesthood from the first place. That was right. a veering away from the scriptures. Right. But it, it does show you that everything that was once sacred uh, to Catholics is no more. No more. And again, that goes back to get rid of all the old stuff because there's no value in it. We got to change with the ages. And then he come out and he said that he was no longer the vicar of Christ. Uh, meaning well, that he's no longer the earthly representative of truth. I would agree with him on that. Yeah, but not be, he's, that they never were would be my view. Right, right. Well, but my point is, is that he his whole point to that was, I'm no longer going to be a representative of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That that was his whole implication to it. Which yeah. I agree with you. He never was the vicar of Christ. But, right, right. I know that. But but his whole point was, uh, oh, and by the way, he also said, uh, stop telling people about Jesus. He also, no, he said this. He also said that the only way to heaven is through the church. And if you're not part of the Catholic church, you have no hope. I mean, this is all contrary to scripture. All of it is contrary to scripture. And contrary to their history sometimes. Yeah, and it even goes against their, their... John, I can explain all this to you. Two plus two is five. <laughs> I told you that a long time ago. You didn't listen to me, man. I'm still struggling with that math. <laughs> what did I put in your coffee? <laughs> what happens in the studio stays, stays in, the, in studio. the studio. That's right. Um, so we we deal with it in the 16th century with revisionist history with the Catholic Church. Uh, they try to pull it back in. To back to, to follow the word of God. And then our modern era of revisionist history began in the 1800s mm-hmm. with evolution. Modernism. Yeah. Letting uh, the Bible follow science instead of science following the Bible. And then right. they come up with, uh, in the beginning, nothing became everything, you know. And they How do you science. get nothing? My best example ever is... Uh, Give me 10, if you, you're, you're, you're broke, you have nothing, no money in your pocket whatsoever, give me $10. Well, I can't. Why? Because I have nothing. Oh, well, then how do we get everything from nothing if you get nothing comes from nothing? <laughs> well, there's two views. One is time and chance. Ch- time can do anything given enough time. Time and chance, the other is plan and purpose. I see intelligent design everywhere I go. I'm out in the garden, and the bees are pollinating my trees, and they're making honey, which is kind of nice. I think no, 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 no. Honey. It is really good, dude. That was such good, honey. Yeah. There are benefits to being the editor. That's all I'm going to say. And honey (laughs) is honey. (laughs) I'll say it's sweet as honey. (laughs) And there's that that delicate balance of of nature. And and, and the faith of the science today is that it was all by time and chance. I just don't have that kind of faith, man. Well, I don't either. And here's the other thing. If you look at the entire world, everything is so interdependent on everything and it is organized, it is in place. I mean, if you look at how your body function functions, how does your heart keep working with, I mean, how, how does your eye work, which they can't even duplicate the eye is so amazing. I like to bring up, explain to me the chemistry of consciousness. Explain to me the chemistry of human speech. Right. Right. Uh, give me the chemistry of you speaking words, which come by vibrations and they come into my ears and to my brain. How does that my happen? brain process through electronics and then sends a message back to my tongue, to my mouth. And I speak back to you and I come up with profound things like two plus two is five. <laughs> <laughs> and then you laugh and people say, this is just all Time and chance. I say no. In the beginning, God created the heavens. He created man in his own image. How? Talk about trying to find value to yourself. I'm created in the image of God, mind, body, soul, spirit. And so, man, uh, we're just so, we've drifted as a society so far away from God. Well, I look at, and here's here's why. And I'm holding, I'm holding, and I use this term loosely, pastors, preachers, accountable. I look at Andy Stanley. 
Andy Stanley now says, well, you don't need the Old Testament. Uh, Andy Stanley, uh, he allows, and, and, and some of you might get upset with this, and, and so be it, but it is what it is. Uh, he, he had this instance about three or four years ago, maybe five years ago. I, I struggle with time. At any rate, this lady goes to, this, this married couple goes to their church. They have kids, and the husband leaves the wife uh, comes out of the closet and starts dating a man. She goes to Andy Stanley for counsel. Andy Stanley says, Hey, uh, you need to forgive him because her struggle was they allowed her husband and his new live in boyfriend to serve as greeters at another, uh, satellite church. Well, Andy Stanley came down on her for not forgiving and then convinced her that the husband's not in the wrong, that she was in the wrong. So then what happens? She works on her heart and then she forgives. And now they're all one big happy family. And the two homosexuals are still greeting at the front door and so on and so forth. Dude, that's that, that is, that is heresy. And that is wrong doctrine. And then to say we don't need the Old Testament, to say that we don't need the Bible for people to get saved, this is all heresy, but yet this is what he teaches. Yeah. Since you uh, kind of started giving the application of these truths that, that we're looking at now, uh, many of us in the conservative, biblical, evangelical community have been greatly disappointed and embarrassed mm -hmm. by many people who are kind of in high places, uh, who have who have fallen, yep. and um, I was shocked by what was exposed by uh, Ravi Zacharias upon his death, what he had been involved with in this sin. Dude, how disheartening how... was that? And uh, not every and not I love Ravi, man. Nobody, not everybody practices what they preach, and they preached it so well. But when they're not practicing, it's so heartbreaking. But uh, my my grandma used to have a, a saying, and I think it applies here. Uh, so many men have have become kind of high in stature. Uh, my grandma would say, um, a lot of people just getting too big for their britches. Right. And uh, we see in the Bible, when we think about greatness, Jesus spoke about it. Jesus said, let he that be great among you be a servant. Servant. <laughs> you got a point. Yeah, just wipe I it off and have a drink of this. Get enough. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be back in the saddle. Did you see that blank look that I just stared at you? With? Yeah, it was. It was the lights were on, but nobody was home there for nobody, a moment. Nobody, nobody checked in for. So here's what happened: evolution failed to deliver the electrons. In the yeah. Might have been dead brain cells from uh, from the late seventies, early eighties. Oh 80s. my goodness, that was so funny. I but, just looked at you and and I'm like, I see Jets Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back to what grandma said, people get too big for their britches. Right. Pe men <sighs> desire, it's our, it's our fallen nature. We desire to be somebody among ourselves. And right. the, the disciples were arguing among themselves who was Who's the, the greatest? greatest. And then Jesus shows back. up and he, they knew that he knew what they were talking about. And they're right. embarrassed. Right. And that's when he said, bring a little child over here. Such is the kingdom of God. Except right. if he becomes a little child, you want to enter in. The fallen nature wants to be somebody. The Pharisees and the leaders. We do, want, don't we? Yeah, yeah. It's our fallen nature. And uh, Jesus took part of their culture that was was off. And, he, you know, they'd go to a wedding feast or a big social event, and the, the people of higher degree would be seat, seated in the positions of prominence. And he said, when you go in, don't look for the high seats. That's right. Look for the low seats. That's right. Yeah. But don't, you see, don't go to the front. Wait till you're invited. You see the, the Corinthian church, as, as, as Paul dealt with the Corinthian church on this, they were trying to make uh, superheroes out of Christian. They're trying to make celebrities out of Christian leaders, including him. Right. Oh, we're of Cephas. We're of Paul. We're of Apollos. And he's like, ah, wait a minute. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I, I look at, excuse me, I look at um, Joel Osteen. Yeah. His name was coming off my lips here shortly. Your best <laughs> life now. Sounds so good, Johnny. Makes me feel good. Right? He would never talk about sin. And then he says this on Good Morning America. People don't need doctrine. They need an encouraging word. 
He's admitted he's not a pastor. Yeah, I have members of my church who lived in Houston, in his neighborhood, and uh, multi, multi, multi-million dollar uh, facilities. And why would the Holy Spirit lead him to have a $13.2 million uh, mansion on one side of town and a $2.3 million mansion on the other side of town. Just so he doesn't have to go through uh, rush hour if he doesn't need to. And um, when the hurricane hit, all the churches opened up and They were scurrying to help. Except for one. Jola. And shut it down. Locked the doors. And uh, Can't come in here because you might mess this place up. This is a sacred place. This is... This is not a place for hurting people. This is a place where uh, uh, we we shine out with our little uh, Christian. Uh, yeah, and then his wife. His wife is horrific as well. Listen, they might be nice people, but I'm going to tell you this. They are false prophets. They are uh, liars of the gospel. They are deceivers. And you go, oh, I love him. Uh, okay, but I'm telling you right now. Uh, Kenneth Copeland. Now you're getting into the health and wealth crowd now, baby. Yeah, so I went I went from prosperity with Osteen and Joyce Meyer. They're all about money, 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 money. To now let's go into Kenneth Copeland and uh, where Copeland says, um, if you ever live, that dude's freaking wacko, man. I agree. He's wacko, wacko. He is nuts, man. I've listened to him and he... I'd like to give our, I agree a hundred percent, but I'd like to give our, our listeners just a little bit of uh Yeah, because I'm, I'm just this. jumping out there going, I'm pointing the finger, this you is, help. This is real important. It is. This was so troubling to me that I did some research. I went online and I found out uh, their incomes. Uh, who are the the wealthiest people in America and all that business? And you find out the millions and millions and millions of dollars that these people have accrued by peddling some kind of religion. Right. But what they're peddling, it does make people feel good. If you just kind of take it out, you know, just in, in just, in, just take it for in the moment. It's like, oh, that sounds good, but it's not always what's being said. It's what's not being said. The first message that Jesus preached was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. First message John the Baptist preached was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. If you don't repent, you're going to perish according to sweet, wonderful, kind, loving Jesus. Repentance is the connection. And if you don't repent, you will go to a place that he doesn't want you to go to. It's called hell. And it was Jesus who said where there worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Repent that your sins may be blotted out. And uh, we're we're living in a day where people take, you know, biblical little stories and they become really sweet and they motivate you and they encourage you, encourage you to what? Feel good in your sin or to turn from it, to confess it, to repent, to ask the Lord for help, to empower me, to turn away from that sin. And that's where the victory comes. And so they just, you just hear it, you get your little fix, you feel better, the world's going to hell, and you don't even really care right. because I feel fine. Well, let me let me tell you what Jesus says about these false teachers. And and I, listen, I'm not trying to can I'm not trying to talk bad about them. I'm just pointing out truth about them. And I'm telling you, God says that they are open sepulchres, whitewashed tombs. And, and listen, if, if you're preaching false gospel, God's not looking on you kindly. And Matthew 15, 14 tells us this, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. They're not teaching the gospel. They're not teaching truth. They're not teaching that you need to repent. They're not teaching that God does not like your sin. They're not teaching that your best life is not now. Your best life is repenting, living in Christ through faith in Christ so you can go to heaven. There's your best life. There's your best life. Yeah. And he doesn't talk about that. He talks about uh, there's never any bad. It's all good. It's all good. And guys, it's not. And Matthew says... 
uh, Matthew 15, 14 says, Jesus' words now, let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. So at any rate, compromise began with evolution. Uh, this unlocks the door for younger generations, and we were talking about that, to take man's ideas and reinterpret God's words. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? God, Jesus Christ, and God the Father, none of them came from a man. Therefore, they have righteous nature. Man has a sinful nature, and we lie, and we're ungodly, and God is not, so he doesn't need to repent, and he will do what he says he'll do, and that's, that's hold us accountable. He'll hold us accountable, man. He's going to hold Joyce Meyer accountable. He's going to hold Joel Osteen accountable. He's going to hold Kenneth Copeland accountable. Andy Stanley accountable. Listen, all these people, uh, uh, Todd White, he's, listen, all these people, he's, God will hold accountable. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, how do we renew our mind? Through the word of God. It's the word of God. Day by day. Renew day by day. Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, and then Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of man. No. Out of the mouth of God. Out of the mouth of God. And see, the, this, these generations, all in the name of trying to build their own empire on the word of God, the back of the gospel, to lead astray and they're doing it subtly lead astray gullible people they're and they're not rooted in the word of god and i'm telling you they're doing it so subtly uh psalm 119.9 says how can a young man cleanse his way by and then and then he answers the question <laughs> i love when the scripture asks a question and then answer it how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word O lord mm-hmm you know, Johnny, in this uh, this battle, and I, I do hate confrontation, but man, this is one that riles me up when I see people abusing the word of God and abusing people, little uh, widow lady sending money. So God's favor will be upon them. Hey, God's favor's on you, girlfriend. If these guys are so, <laughs> if God, I'm fired up, Johnny, it's your fault. Go ahead, and, and, you know, girlfriend. If, if they want God, if, if they want God's blessings on their ministry, why don't they take their millions of dollars, send it to the widows? Right. Now, that would be starting to get into a biblical direction. Won't there. they pay? Won't they buy them a house? Uh, won't they do something? You're, dude, I'm with, I'm with and, you. And I watch it and I see what they're saying. I see what they're doing. It so angers me. But then I just, instead of getting angry, I just go back to what Jesus said. Jesus would smile to his disciples and said, uh, <laughs> There shall enter in among you wolves in sheep's clothing beware uh false prophets are coming and so the instead of being frustrated with jesus because of the craziness of those who claim to represent him and do not what he says uh their very presence affirms that jesus knew exactly what he was talking about well you know one of the things that really sets me off is Someone will come to me, they want counsel. Or they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, uh, Joel Osteen said blah, 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 blah. And I'll say, well, that's not true. The Bible says this. And then they'll say, well, well, Pastor, you're, you're, no, you're wrong. I go, well, how am I wrong? I just told you what the scripture says. Well, listen, <laughs> that's right. It makes me want to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to edit I, I'm that. I'm not going to let him do that, okay, folks? <laughs> I'm like, oh. But because, I might want to also, so. Right, because here's what they say. Well, now, Pastor John, they got a way bigger platform than you and a bigger church than you, and they've written books, so I think they would know better than you. Oh, dear Jesus. Stay close to the mic, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> that that I'm going. They're they're wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what the word of God says, and then you're going by their, you're going by their 
popularity and the fact that they wrote a book. Have you ever not written a lie? But, but Pastor John, they, they made me feel good. You see, that's where people get caught. Yeah. God didn't give our emotions to be our guide. He gave our emotions to be our servant. Yes. He gave his word to be to a be our lamp gu- unto our feet, so a it, guide to our path. So I will take scripture and I will unfold it. And, and, and I'll tell you, it's not just, it's not just the pastors doing this. Uh, some of these Bibles that are coming out, dude, are horrific. The new NIV, when they re, they redid it in 2011, I think it was, that when they rewrote the, the NIV, updated it from the 82 or 84 version. And we were, we were doing a Bible study, and we were in Judges chapter 5, somewhere between 5, 7, and 9. And it says in the New King James and the King James and, and every other version, it says, and, uh, and they followed gods, little g gods, right? And then so God brings this, he's, he gives them over to the enemy. In the NIV, it says... The new NIV? The new NIV. It says, and God chose new leaders. Wow. In in the King James, in the um, new King James, and all of it says, and, and they followed little, you know, false gods, idols. So, so one of the younger guys in, in there, uh, he's 20 three ish somewhere around there. He's like, uh, pastor, <clears throat> that's not what, you know, cause I read it from mine. He goes, that's not what my Bible says. And so we discussed it and I said, I'll tell you what, I'll study it out. I'll study it out in the original Hebrew. So the next week or, or when I went home after that study, we, we walked through it or, or I studied it all out and I came back in and I went, I'm an idiot. I should have just looked at the next verse. Because it says in the next verse that everyone volunteered. They willingly volunteered. Well, if verse 8 says they willingly volunteered and verse 7 says God chose new leaders, verse 7 can't be right or verse 8 can't be right. One, one of those have to be wrong, right? Either God chose new leaders or they willingly volunteered. It's one or the other. And so I pointed it all out and we looked at it and we tore it down. And you know what we found out? The NIV, the new NIV, I think the 2011 version, I think is what it was, is corrupting the word of God. Surprise, surprise. I call it the nearly inspired version. And now I have the new nearly inspired version. <laughs> Each uh, generation of photocopies deteriorates, doesn't it? It does, yeah, and it so does. And, and so we're seeing it in these these. Oh, and by the way, the NIV will admits it's a paraphrase. It's just a paraphrase. And also, when they did the NIV, they had a and they got to the homosexual parts of the Bible. Do you know who they got to do that? They put I think it was like six or seven homosexuals on that to interpret it. And then they put it in the NIV and call it the word of God. No. You don't put the fox in the hen house, do you, Johnny? You, you, you can put them in there, but you ain't going to get many eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not going to be much fruit in a very short period of time. See, this whole picture, this whole picture is what the Lord warned us about. It's coming. Now, here we are in our face. I love how you kind of walk from the garden and that battle and how Satan just does the same thing over and over, over again. and over again. And then the reformation and, and it was the same thing. Uh, the word of God was being kind of twisted and yep. lied about and disregarded. And uh, oh, yeah, because you know, the earth's not 6,000 years old. It's millions of years old. Yeah. And God made a correction in history. Uh, there was a great awakening. And now we're living, I think in the last days, and we were told what to expect. So those of us who are biblicists, those of us that would rather please God than man, mm-hmm. I don't want to go out and hurt people's feelings. No way. But if people are in error, you have my to, calling is to make correction. You have to. Um, when people are living in violation, these false prophets. And so God, through his authors, called out by name false prophets. Mm-hmm. It wasn't popular when they did it in their day. No. 
it's not popular today. But it has to be done. But I'll race to the judgment seat of Christ and, and stand before God calling out uh, Joel Olstein's name, calling out these guys that are the prosperity, yeah. so-called gospel. And that, uh, but all they are is prosperity. That's You just said yeah. it. And, and prosperity is health and wealth or, you know. What I really found interesting is this new generation. How are we? How are we twisting the gospel by saying it's okay for you to live together and not be married? It's okay to have sex outside of marriage. It's okay to be homosexual. It's okay to have a different well, they're, the gender now with their version, their definition. Um, I mean, it, all of a sudden, all this is okay now because we don't hold anybody accountable the and waning, then the waning authority of the word of god in the last days church yep and then when we hold them accountable we're the ones full of hate yeah, using the guy. word of god and then they say well god's not hate and you're wrong and then they hate us for for quoting the bible that yeah. they say they're a christian of paul had the same problem when he was ministering at the church at galatia because he was calling down the judaizers and but those judaizers were such nice guys they made us feel good and Paul said, if I yet pleased men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Well, hey, Paul even called out Peter. You hypocrite, you. In, <laughs> Acts, in 15. Acts chapter 15, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Peter confessed. Yeah. I was wrong. Yep. And James settled it. And it was done. And it was done. And they went on glorifying God. Yeah. They that, didn't hate each other. No. They just fixed it. But but today, they can't even, people can't even take correction. Or instruction. Who are you to tell me what to do? Or you try to help someone and, and they'll jump. Oh, you're, you're, and they'll, it's the insanity of where we're at today. Well, I'm going to tell you that we have to take heed of God's warning. Deuteronomy 4.2. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. You know, that was so important that he closed out the Bible by saying it all over again. And we're going to get to that passage in I Revelation. Saw I saw it on your screen there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Galatians 1, 6 through 9. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him, Jesus, who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. I love how he says, I marvel that you're turning away from that. Verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That's strong language. That means go to hell. Yeah. And here's, I found it interesting. He says, and if we or an angel from heaven, who's the angel from heaven that's preaching another gospel? Uh, it might be Lucifer. Lucifer, right? Yeah, and that's what I would say. I love how Paul brings this out in this passage. And then verse 9, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. I he say it, it again. again. said it again, didn't he? Twice. Twice. That word accursed means go to hell. Yes. That, that's why Jesus came, so we don't have to go to hell. Mm -hmm. But when people are messing up his message, he uh, ticks him off a bit. Well, And do you realize that when someone takes the scripture out of context, they're telling a lie? Yeah, exactly. And God's going to hold them accountable because you are lying to people about what God said. And God doesn't take that lightly. And they do it to glorify themselves, to get an audience, mm -hmm. and to make money. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? Yeah, and then, then you'll... Like uh, Joel Osteen, I, I'm just going to talk about him because I think I think he is. Um, well, he's. I'm trying to be nice, brother. <laughs> he's kind of at the pinnacle of of that movement. I think he's a rodent in that movement, and and here's why I say they interview him and Larry King live. Uh, I love Larry King, not for where he stood, but I loved his yes, bluntness. Tough questions. And he asked Joel Osteen and many others, and even Billy Graham toward the end of his of his uh, run there, but he asked Joel Osteen. Uh, so are you telling me, because Joel Osteen said, Jesus is, is my savior. He's the only way King said, so are you telling me that Muslims are going to hell because they don't believe in Jesus? And Joel Osteen backs up immediately. Well, I don't know what's in their heart. <laughs> I can't judge them. I, I, I'm just, I just know what works for me. That's what he said. Oh, if it works for me, maybe it'll work for you. Yeah. <laughs>
I must be right. My wife is pretty. Think about this. God's good. favor must be upon me. I have millions and millions of dollars. I'm sorry. That's what he did, though. That's exactly what he did. I watched it 10 times. He danced. He did. Oh, my goodness. And it was horrible. And, you know, um, then you have... That's the problem with these. And, and Paul says, let them be accursed. Let them be accursed. No, People, this, and, and there's these other pastors out there that are saying, hey, if you just heard the word of, of Jesus, you're going to heaven. That's not true. Away from me, you worker iniquity, for I never knew you. But we said, Lord, Lord, have we not done all this in your name? I guess Jesus knew what he was talking about, didn't he? When he I, said, there shall enter in among you. He knew exactly what he, he was talking about. James 1, 21 through 22. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. If there's not a gospel change then there's no new life there can't be there can't be jesus cleans the fish when he catches them amen yeah second corinthians 5 17 you're a new creature in christ old things pass away all things become new how many things all old all things things all of it that's right numbers 23 19 god is not a man that he should lie and i've read this earlier uh, nor son of man that he should repent uh, has he said, and will he not do? not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Guys, listen. God said there's a heaven and a hell. God said it's through Jesus Christ only. And if you don't believe that, then he says you'll go to hell. Yeah, and he doesn't want you to. He doesn't want you to. But nonetheless, if he says good it, choice. he has to do it. And then we have Revelation twenty two eighteen. Now, I'm going to clarify this. I'm going to bring uh, a clarity to this one, okay? In Revelation twenty two eighteen, it says, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. This is John speaking. John wrote the book of Revelation, not Revelations. There's no S on it, okay? <laughs> Just saying. Then he goes on. He says, If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And so for clarity, and I, I put it in here because it's only for the book of revelation if you add to or change the the wording of the book of revelation you'll feel the plagues of this book so it's not the whole bible or all of the word of god in this passage is very specific to to the book of revelation but that being said we have seen throughout other scriptures where god says don't don't mess with my word it's a requote from numbers so I'm telling you, guys, God is serious. So I'm going to leave you with this to think about. Revelation 1, 1 through 3. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angels and his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Blessed is the person who keeps those things, which also takes us back to Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man, right, who doesn't walk, uh, sit, stand, walk, stand, sit, this is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. scornful. Right. But meditates on the word of God. Day and night. Amen. There's another point. Any rate. This thing can uh, be pretty simple, can it? it? You just brought it back to the simplicity. God spoke. Listen to him, man. That's it. And And if you don't, God will hold you accountable. And if you do listen to it, You'll be blessed. You'll be blessed, but you will also recognize when people are kind of going halfway, twisting it, taking away from it, adding to it. He'll give you that discernment. One of the things that you have to stop doing if you do this, if you bring up something that the Bible says or you bring up a thing in life and and someone says, hey, but the word of God says this and they read it to you and you go, I know what the Bible says, but yeah, you just messed up. 
God doesn't bless the butt. <laughs> he blesses <laughs> obedience. Word. Yeah. His word. So let me encourage you. Follow the word of God. Listen to the word of God. And if anyone goes contrary to that word, you take a stand. You deny them. I'm not calling out names because I want to pick on someone. I'm calling out names because I'm telling you those are the wolves in sheep's clothing. And you must beware because they're going contrary to the word of God. And the only way that you can know that is if you study out the word of God. So, hey, I hope this has helped you. And if it has, please like, share, subscribe, follow. And until next week, God bless. God bless.